the 80s, but wow. If you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Don't cross the streams. Good day, I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Read my lips. This segues so nicely into my 80s weekend. Let's do a stupid show already. <laughs> Let's try to make this show good. Stop being stupid. Let's try to make it good. All right, go Let's for it. Let's do it like normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, how, we that's, always, thing. that's how we always start the show. It's not. It's different now. Are you nervous because it's a new podcast? No, no, I'm just trying to get it straight in my head so gotcha. I don't say the wrong thing. Yeah, I bet you still will. <laughs> not this time. I will at some point. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think this time it's the pressure's on. <laughs> We're both the, staring the at you. The heat is on. The heat is that. on. Yeah, that's right an now, 80s song. Now. We should do that as a segment where I just sing an 80s song and, I, then and we try make to them it. instruments with my mouth sounds. <laughs> you mean acapella? Yeah. Do you mean a segment where we lose listeners? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Mark's acapella group. Yeah. The Marcapellas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'll, I'll put some thought to it. Yeah, okay. Uh, welcome, everybody, to episode number one of Random Draw. An 80s podcast. In this podcast, we talk all about the 80s that all three of us were born in mm-hmm. and lived through, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. don't remember totally. Like, sort of. It's sort little, of. It's a little It's a little foggy. Yeah. A little bit. So two of us, Mark and I, born in 86. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was born in 1980. So I was alive for the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. And you remember bits and pieces of the end. I do. I'm your host, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. And Mark Belisle. Mouth sounds. <laughs> That's what I edit out yeah. <laughs> of every podcast. Just Mark's mouth, mouth sounds. Oh yeah, it's really egregious. I got to hear some of them. They were <laughs> awful. <laughs> so the whole point of this podcast, just things from the 80s. Maybe you've heard of some of them. Maybe you aren't so familiar. So we're going to have too many topics and one main topic every episode. And we'll just go over things. Maybe something interesting to you. Maybe some you'll learn something. You become a better human. I don't know about the last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, a bit of a stretch. Because uh, of the 80s. The 80s, you know. I, I've, I've read think pieces about the 80s. Yeah, but, I don't think anybody left the decade any better. <laughs> I know I did because I was alive, unlike the previous decade. <laughs> yeah, remember how great 86 was? Chernobyl? Yeah. <laughs> the Challenger. The Challenger. <laughs> Yeah, great it's year. a real year of tragedy. <laughs> and so us. And us. So like a year of tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get right into it. Who wants to go first? You go, Dave wants to go Ooh, first. Dave violently raising I, his hand. I, I thought he was swatting my, a fly. I, I raised my hand on a podcast. <laughs> I know. I saw it, though. So Dave's going to give us our very first mini topic. Ooh, Dave, what do you in. got? Just started to do some research on the 80s. And of course, I did that like any rational, sane human being. I read the entire Wikipedia article page about the 80s. <laughs> right. And <laughs> facts page. <laughs> and so in searching for the 80s, one of the pictures that popped up was a girl with just the most crazy crimped hair. Uh-huh. And I thought, what a statement crimping hair was. And it was such a massive 80s thing. So I did some research on hair crimping. Yeah. Who could you ask for better information about hair crimping than three gentlemen <laughs> in their 30s? <laughs> who have never crimped their hair in their lives. I don't even know how to go about it. Yeah. I'm hoping that Dave like has a detailed breakdown of like hair how crimping do you crimp techniques. And... I have some ideas. I actually spent a shocking amount of time reading about this. And I think <laughs> this is one of my favorite things about actually us doing this podcast of course born in 86 i was not cognizant for most of the 80s but Mm -hmm. it's a decade i've heard about and anytime i mention the year i was born i think about so it's kind of neat then for us to dive into a decade that literally made us yeah and yet we don't know a ton about if for some reason you don't know what i'm talking about literally google crimping 80s and tons of hairstyles will pop up (laughs) it's a very zigzag wave of your hair but very pronounced very stark You can get a similar look by, of course, braiding your hair and letting it out. But that doesn't last very long, (laughs) and it doesn't look nearly as as stark. It's not as good. It's It's not as good. That's why I told you to stop doing it. So take those braids out. (laughs) All right, fine. I I was getting weird looks anyway. (laughs) Crimp it. Uh, So there's a couple different styles. Of course, you could do like bedhead crimping or all sorts of things. But so I started. (laughs) All right, hold on. Alyssa Milano. That's uh, really bedhead crimping. It's a real thing. Now we're talking. Who's the boss? Uh, Yeah. Who's the boss herself? Alyssa Milano, 13 years older than me. I think I have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in 86 you did, but I guess not. That's because you're a baby. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I I regret saying it. Go to sleep on a foreman grill. It's shocking. (laughs) (laughs) It's shocking how much work it actually takes to get the crimped hair look. This was like a big thing, too. It was a huge thing. And so I'm going to tell you a bit 
of the history of it. And here's <laughs> here's where it actually got interesting to me because boy, did I not know any of yeah. these things. If you want to look fresh for Sadie Hawkins, you better have that crimped hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I so, miss I miss being like young. I, just, I don't because I can do whatever I want. No, yeah, I just like fair. you know Sadie Hawkins. It's nice to put the pressure on other people for a change oh. to be emotionally mm. vulnerable. It's mm. also a lot of pressure for you though. What if nobody asked you? I've lived through that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you develop coping habits. <laughs> was it crimping your hair? No, it was, uh, it was overeating, as it turned out. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> trivia question for you. Okay. All right, I'm ready. What year do you think the hair crimping iron was invented? Is this an 80s? Ooh. Is it in the 80s? Is uh, well, that our hint? It was the most popular in the 80s. Oh, so it could have been so. 1735. <laughs> wow. I love it. That's chutzpah. I don't uh, know what a hair crimping iron is. Uh, so imagine a flat iron, but with wedges, with V-shaped okay. wedges. Okay. It's kind of like uh, oh, when you get those scissors that like you cut, and it's like the zigzag line. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just like that. It's like but you're not cutting you're not hair. You're not, yeah, cutting, you're not hair. cutting hair. I'm going to say 1963. Yeah, I want to re- – my guess was incorrect. I, <laughs> Agreed. I'm going to say – I said 1963. I'm going to say 1964. Oh, oh you ooh, you dirty <laughs> – Price is right. You dirty them. dog. 1972. Oh, oh, I was. Oh, I guess I was closer. Yeah, so, you were closer. <laughs> it was invented by in the ear. It was invented by a man named a man Jerry or Gary. I'm not sure because it's a G, like GIF or oh, Jeff. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a tricky uh huh. Or uh, Jeff or Geff. Yeah, Jeff or Geff. <laughs> Geoff. Is your name Geoff? George or Gorge? <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of the weird quirks of English language. <laughs> so here's my favorite part: the crimping iron was invented for Barbara Streisand. Oh, wow. Oh. It's not that it was just invented in general to get a patent and sell a product. It was for Barbara Streisand. So she was saying, like, I want zigzaggy hair and somebody's got to make it happen. She said, I need my head to be a statement. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry and or Gary was yeah, like, yeah. I got it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's why it was invented. And then, of course, Barbara Streisand basically using the crimping style ended up popularizing it so it took off early 80s and then by the mid 80s it was the biggest craze it was the bee's knees oh, yeah cats it was over there. according to a number of websites the second most popular hairstyle of the 1980s Uh-oh. oh wait a minute can we do guess what with the first Let's go for it <laughs> can we no can we but we can is that, yeah. i'm is gonna it, do it is it name another hairstyle that i haven't already said <laughs> it's basically it's that was me asking for dave's permission otherwise i was just gonna start talking over what's him. the one that's Fair. the really high Oh, like the what's that called? Like the blowout type look. I don't know. It's I have like, no idea what it's called. It's like your bangs are just shot to the sky. It is yeah. not that. My my <laughs> guess was the mullet. No. It was also <laughs> not that. That's uh, so th- I'm talking about female hairstyles right oh, now. Oh, lady hairstyles. Is hairstyle. it high yes. pony? Yes, high <laughs> pony. It is called the spout. Someone's got a daughter. Yep. <laughs> so it is called the spout. Both the top spout and the side spout were considered the most oh, yeah. popular female styles. Um, the third most popular being a style called the half up high and mighty <laughs> it was basically where like the top half of your hair is a ponytail and then the bottom hangs on its oh, own Oh, okay i know what you're talking about i've yeah. seen oh, this boy. look inside of my own house <laughs> oh have you yeah well so amber Quarantine got weird for you my, huh, <laughs> so my wife's hair she went and got a haircut and it's a little bit shorter so she can't fit all of her hair into the ponytail now oh so that she puts the ponytail and the back on like the crown of her head and then the bottom as loose i don't know it's called uh, what is it's it it's called a half up high and mighty i love that and now you need to tell her yeah. oh i see you've uh you've decided right. to go with the half up high and mighty today half up high and mighty half instead of the spout instead of the spout <laughs> instead of the spout oh, oh yeah what a I'm, bold looking, choice. I'm looking at pictures of it right now what a bold choice and it's great i love it so i learned a lot about hairstyling in general i never knew uh for instance specifically say. crimping good news for yeah. you, Daniel. Okay. It's designed for tiny oval-shaped faces. So I'll say- <laughs> I uh so- oh, that's- <laughs> Wow. So I know what hairstyle I'm getting. So you ever thought about that? Like what face shape do you think you have? I'm round. I have a round face for sure. I have a square face. <laughs> it's got old, sharp edges. Old square head. <laughs> old square head. I have a tiny oval. <laughs> That was so funny. Out, get my hair crimped. My I mean, hair is almost long enough to get crimped at this point. I, I just started laughing because I was like, I've never thought about that. And I guess most likely because we are all men and yeah. I don't really think about hairstyles. Mm-hmm. But, or face uh, shapes. I just read that and I was like, what? I know now. Yeah. <laughs> I have thought about face shape before because I wear glasses. Oh, yeah. And like you want to get like a complimentary frame to, this, to the shape of 
your face. Mm. I think about that with sunglasses, but my vision's perfect. I don't think about what I look like as evidenced by anyone who's seen me in public. That's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> Confirm. <laughs> Which I think is one of the reasons I enjoyed this topic so much because it's so foreign to anything I've ever thought about before. You think Mark and I are really into hair crimping? I think you're more into it than I was. <laughs> it's true. I kind of feel true. like we're all zero into hair yeah. crimping. I mean, I do know Versace dresses. so That's true. Yeah. yeah. Stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah. Stay tuned to the end of the episode when you will hear about Mark's shocking knowledge about Versace dresses. <laughs> that Versace. <laughs> Take okay. a guess as to when the first ever hot comb was invented what's a so, hot comb uh, so yeah. the curling iron <laughs> was based on an invention called the hot comb if you go all the way back to the first ever heat your hair and mess with its design implements <laughs> it's called the hot uh, comb it was a comb. a large metal piece with a wood handle that you would actually put over like a fire or into an oven yes yeah, so this leads me choice. to believe we're looking at at least the 1800s mm-hmm. oh you like old school hot comb i'm thinking old like a hot comb i'm gonna go with the great depression the old 1920 Ooh, okay, 1920s. I'm gonna go 1873. I choose 1872. Oh, oh, oh boy! I was just about to change my answer to 1874. <laughs> Still would have been wrong, man. Yeah. Who could forget old hot combed Hank Driscoll? No, his name <laughs> was Wild West. Her name was Franchoise Marcel Gratto. Oh, was oh, a, she was from Paris and <laughs> yeah. she owned a salon. What? You didn't, you didn't guess that, did you, <laughs> no, dummy? <I> <laughs> nope, you were way off. Yeah. So it was originally invented to give you the Egyptian female look, so very straight hair, Mm -hmm. and that's why it was invented. Updated in 1915, we see the first flat iron Okay. Has patented in the U.S. 1915. Oh, man. Wow. Man, can you believe that Ladies for... have been jacking up their hair for decades. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of years. Man, could you believe that, like, for the longest time, the hot comb was the pinnacle of hairstyle <laughs> devices? <Yeah>. His uh, <laughs> flat iron, still the same concept. Like, wooden handles, and you had to heat it, like, in an oven uh-huh. to actually straighten your hair with it. I've seen girls, like, straight put their hair, like, on an ironing board and oh, iron it wow. before. I read about that. Happened in the 50s. Yeah, I... I wasn't alive then, but I, I had seen it more recently, but I thought a lot of work believe, to go to. I guess you can do that. I'd just be afraid of like burning your hair. It's the same as a, like a curling iron or the crimping thing. I guess it's just, yeah, I guess so. It's like for that tool was designed for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It went through a lot of iterations, but good news, gentlemen. Okay. Very okay. good news. So the original flat iron in the U.S. cost 89 cents. Of course, it's back in 1915. What a deal. It was just a piece of metal with yep. some wood so on it. So if we adjust for inflation... <laughs> It originally cost $13.37. Oh, okay. That's a good price. So I want you to tell me what the cheapest flat iron I found, not used, like brand new, what the cheapest flat iron I found modern day would cost. Electric? Like an electric one? Oh, God. I'm sure it's like 10 bucks. 10.74. They're cheap. They're cheap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So technically, in the last hundred years, (laughs) the technology's gotten better and the price of the flat iron has fallen. We are Um, truly living in the golden age. That's maybe like the only invention ever. (laughs) i don't know because i think computers like the thing we're recording this on oh yeah they've gotten way better and way way cheaper and smaller we should crimp my hair before i cut it i'm okay with that oh yeah we can crimp my hair too my hair is i think longer than yours your hair is mine's robust yeah that's the problem (laughs) so crimping is supposed to be for thinner hair uh, yeah as evidenced by jodie foster getting huge into it she was way into crimping yeah for two reasons one thin hair that it worked well with two small oval face i was gonna say the face oh, yeah small oval face face makes sense that jody foster <laughs> what a trendsetter i mean this is absolutely related but this is a rabbit trail here so one of my favorite things as i was doing all this research i read this throwaway line during the like 20s and 30s there was a lot of counterfeiting of hot combs. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So apparently there's like a series of new inventions and updates and making them better. And then other people would counterfeit them. Because literally if you could mold some metal and get some yeah. wood, you could counterfeit one. Mm-hmm. And so what companies started doing is creating their own copyrighted logos and stuff on tape that they would then tape the box closed with oh. so that you knew that if you bought that product, it was really from that company oh, wow. and not from there. And I found this out because of a throwaway line in the bottom of a Wikipedia article that said, Chajwunya mm-hmm. V. Trawick describes right. in a December 2011 doctoral dissertation on ornamental tape. <laughs> blah, 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 in blah. In 2011? The point is, this someone, was her dissertation? Someone did a doctoral dissertation on ornamental tape. 
you can get a doctorate in anything. So my question is, uh-huh. what are we all going to get different doctorates <laughs> <Yeah>. in? <laughs> Hair crimpingology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if ornamental tape is on the table, that's <laughs> crazy. Anything's on the table. Ornamental oh, tape, and that's how they didn't like pin the wood or something, or like brand like, the wood or, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, anything. No, no, no. Ornamental Man, tape. I got a better idea. Tape. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I've got a cheaper idea. I've got a far cheaper idea. Let's put some tape on it. Man, that's wild. Let's, yeah. If you had like Monopoly, right? That we've gotten all ripped off. I know not a board game podcast, but here we go. <laughs> but like you couldn't trademark the board, but you instead trademark the tape, taping it all closed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then anything no... held within. Yeah. Because then if anyone counterfeits that tape, then you've got an actual copyright you can sue them for, and people know that tape is protecting your product inside well, how so do you like crazy. that that's yeah. crazy man. we should tape this podcast up. <laughs> so what i need you to do is print out a copy of this yep. uh, print this it out uh guys if you're interested in receiving a copy of the random draw uh feel free to uh send us your mail and, we'll, and then yeah. we'll email you well no we won't email you we'll you snail can. mail it's, you yeah. digital ca- or like a just a cassette a digital cassette <laughs> uh, it's all it's all gone off what's the rails. happening with you i don't know i got hit in the head on the way over <laughs> I yeah. rode with you. No, you didn't. Yeah, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's hair crimping? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hair crimping. It's amazing how deep down the rabbit hole this went for just looking at a fad of the 1980s. What's your favorite person to crimp their hair in the 80s? Ooh. Alyssa Milano. I mean, I believe I've already I gone mean, there. I mean, it's hard to... I mean, I'm also a huge Jodie Foster fan. Really? Is it because yeah. you like small oval faces? <laughs> I, I have a real thing I can't, for small oval, I can't oval feel, faces. I can't small feel oval any, faces with large eyes. Like, yeah. I can't feel any different than that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like Jodie Foster. <laughs> I know. It was a visceral reaction. Uh, yeah, the I was like, really? Well, we used to be friends. Mm. I. What about Madonna? She did it. That's true. What about Daryl Hannah in Splash? Uh, I mean, Daryl Hannah in general. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> she, yeah, she's tall. <laughs> <laughs> what about she was a mermaid? Ta- what about Topanga? Was that the eighties? Was Boy Meets World was the nineties? Yeah. yeah. Wrong Missed podcast. It by that much. Stop recalling things you remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you can remember it, chances are it wasn't it's, around. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> Mark, yes. lay your topic on me. All right, gentlemen. Tonight, in honor of a fallen hero, one animal. Oh, from WWF. WWF. Yeah, it, from the Road Warriors. So if you guys aren't familiar with the Road Warriors, this was a tag team group who originally wrestled for WCW. Uh-oh. World Ooh. Championship yeah, Wrestling. Yeah, World Championship Wrestling. They had uh, like crazy face paint and wild haircuts, and they wore- Football shoulder pads. I believe we talked about them on uh, the Random Draw, a board game podcast. Did we? We did. I talk about them at least once a day. Yeah, we were discussing them and I think, in episode 35, because we were riffing on pauldrons. Um, yes. So unfortunately, uh, Mr. Animal died today. That's a shame. How old was he? At the age of 60 years. Old. That is an extra shame. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's not even old. I mean, yeah. that's the problem with wrestlers in general. Always dying like in the sixty to sixty-five years range. It yes, doesn't sure. seem to be a career that gives you longevity. Well, and didn't he even play football before he went into wrestling? Uh, yeah, I believe he was a professional bodybuilder at one point. He oh. was a wrestler. He, he was like wholly involved in. Like, I'm sure he uh, pursuits dappled in some steroids. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm no, sure. You don't so. just join the WWF in <laughs> yeah. the early nineties and not and not do, and st- not do steroids. Not do steroids. Which yeah. is crazy because like I li- I saw like his like vital statistics. Mm-hmm. He was six two was at one point build at like 305 that's big yeah he's a big boy yeah 62 yeah. is not huge but it yeah, is i'm 62 and i am not 305 Get and i'm 305. pretty fat yeah. And <laughs> yeah this guy yeah this muscle, guy is, muscle weighs more than fat hey this guy was cheddar jacked i'm so. willing to get that fat to be clear <laughs> yeah i'm willing to put in the work yeah I, we all i mean i think we all appreciate it so uh in order to honor Mr. Animal, uh, who has joined his tag team partner, Mr. Hawk, in the afterlife. Yeah. I want to talk about the most infamous spot that they ever did. Okay. The Road Warriors, back in the day, wrestled under the WCW promotion, and they worked with one all-American hero, the great Death Death Road. Oh, yeah. Oh, Death Death Road. Death Death Road, yeah. <laughs> I love, oh, man, I love Dusty Rhodes. I love Dusty Rhodes, too. Back in the day, Dusty Rhodes was the booking manager for WCW, which means he was the guy who was in charge of like getting talent, signed for bouts yeah uh, getting everybody to and from different areas all that jazz crazy job yeah it's very stressful yeah i can't imagine it was good for mr rhodes health (laughs) i bet he won't die in his 60s or anything (laughs) 
exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. All three of the people we're talking about today are now dead. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's very sad. Lot, what huh? an upper of a topic. I know. I'm glad we went from crimped hair to dead wrestling. Yeah, crimping iron, still alive and well, came back at a Paris fashion show in uh, 2007. Fun oh, fact about C crimping Mark? iron. See? Oh. See, Mark's still alive. Yeah, yeah. that's true. The road warriors are not going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should have done the book it program. <laughs> No, now we're in this. I know, now we're in it. Okay, right uh, in the late 80s, around 1986 to 88, those were like the peak, or some of the peak WCW versus WWF, like rivalry years. So Dusty Rhodes is presiding over the WCW, and he says, I need I need some something hot and fresh to get <laughs> like a ratings bump, because mm-hmm. at that point, TBS had just bought them. Yeah. So he's like, I got to I gotta make the bosses happy. He had been like wrestling on the side with the Road Warriors. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were about to say, he had been wrestling with the idea of, <laughs> I was oh, like, man. oh, what a segue, Mark. Nope. Right. No. Wrestling on the side. Yeah. yeah wrestling like on the I side. like my ketchup. <laughs> yeah. On the side. Wrestling? On the side. I like wrestling my ketchup. Of wrestling, <laughs> the taste buds in my mouth. Yep. So he says, "All right, I've been working with the Legion of Doom, yeah. as they were being called at the time. I like that name more than the Road Warriors. I do too. All right, so we're gonna go with Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom had at that point had a huge rivalry with another tag team group Uh-oh. called the Powers of Pain. Oh. <laughs> I love the alliteration they have going on. I'm oh, a good. sucker that's, for alliteration. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know it's." It means business. That's that's good carny work, man. Well, <laughs> we were trying to alliterate this podcast, but none of it worked. Random raw. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole different kind of podcast. Nineteen radies podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You know, check out our new erotic program, The Random Raw. Oh, gross. <laughs> Cut that from the pod, yeah, Dave. No, gross. it's just about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Random <laughs> Raw podcast is about you know, wrestling. Yeah. It's about Monday night wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> like your ketchup, dude. <laughs> like my ketchup. Oh, uh, boy. Okay, so after this rivalry had kind of concluded, he said, well, I need to put some heat on the Legion of Doom. And the way to do that is to just institute a good old-fashioned heel turn. Uh-oh, yeah. That's the, are way. you familiar at all with, like, wrestling nomenclature, Dave? So a heel is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Heel is a bad guy. And a face, a face is a good guy. Okay. And what do you. The Rock was a face for a while. The Rock was a baby face. I don't know what that. So <laughs> now I'm ba- uncomfortable. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know so, that he had a baby face in the people's elbow. Yeah. <laughs> he just went on body part names. <laughs> so a baby face is a like, it's kind of like John Cena or The Rock. They're like a mega superstar that the crowd is always going to cheer for yeah, no, no matter, matter what. what they're doing. Oh, but they're like good looking. And no, it doesn't no, have to be that. It's just they're really popular. Yeah. So even if they try to turn heel, people are still going to like him. Yeah. If I think of The Rock, he does have a baby face. It is small and round and would be good for crimping hair. John Cena, very square face. Couldn't very, crimp that. Yeah, Don't very... crimp that hair. That's good for that flat top. Yeah. So uh, another good example is like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. He's a pretty, he's a baby face, even though he was kind of like. I thought he was a heel. Man. But he wasn't. The he fans wasn't. loved him no matter what he did. Yeah. I mean, he uh, once sprayed Kurt Angle with a bunch of milk, right? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Didn't We're... he spray himself with beer every wrestling match? Uh-huh. That's different. Yeah. That's <laughs> alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so if he put some, if he made a white Russian out of his milk, then it would have been fine. Yeah. Then it's oh, fine. Man. Oh, oh, it's a white Russian. Okay. Never mind. That's a wildly different <laughs> wrestling character. Yeah. We're, we're good. We're good. Well, the white Russian? <laughs> the white Russian. Oh, no. Oh, what's the white uh, Russian's finisher? <laughs> the, um, oh, bla- the, it's called the blackout. <laughs> it's called lactose intolerance. Very good. <laughs> it's called I'm so gassy. <laughs> anyway, so he says, I'm going to get the Legion of Doom to do a, this like primo heel turn. It's going to put a lot of heat on them. And while I'm at it, since I'm Death de Rhodes, I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to give myself a bump, too. Dave, do you know what a bump is? I know what I think a bump in the 80s it's is. It's not that what you're <laughs> And I feel that it's not going to be the thing that popped into my head. Yeah, it, it is basically a bump in popularity. Yeah. Um, oh, a rise in the ratings shall we say yeah like, not even the ratings not even really that. it's like your own fans. standing yeah. as as a wrestler like uh and then another t- important term is to get somebody over i'm almost guessing that your bump also happened a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm sure in the wcw <laughs> locker rooms yeah lots of bumps <laughs> of various different <laughs> kinds were happening <laughs> Oh, boy, who could forget the white Russian partnering with the cocaine cowboy? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the 80s. (laughs) Anyway, so he says, I'm going to get basically some nice heat on the the Legion of Doom. So to do that, he basically works out that the Legion of Doom ends their rivalry with the Powers of Pain just before they go to WWF, not the Road Warriors. Got called up to the majors. Yep. And he says, I'm going to have them start a rival with me, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) Daddy. Dusty Rhodes. It's the all-American great dream. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I can I can do Dusty Rhodes all day long, that is. 
cuts a promo one night where he basically like starts picking a fight with the, the Legion of Doom. Several weeks later, after that, the Legion of Doom, Animal, cuts a promo in the middle of the ring and says, hey, I'll challenge Dusty Rhodes anytime, anywhere, any place, yeah. anytime. Doesn't matter. I'll I'll beat him to Out death. Out the parking lot? I'll beat him to death. <laughs> when I'm taking a shower. Yeah. 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 When uh, I'm getting my bump. Yeah. <laughs> in the ratings. In the ratings, I mean. Yep. Uh, Wink. <laughs> a couple matches go on past this, right? And then Dusty Rhodes himself dressed in like a white button-up t-shirt, like not t-shirt, a, <laughs> a white button-up button shirt and blue jeans comes out to the middle of the ring. It's like, I, I accept that challenge. You don't got to, we ain't got to do it in the ring. We can do it anywhere, anytime. Oh, Let's no. do it right now. At that point, the Legion Isn't of Doom. Isn't that in the ring? Yeah. Yeah, well, come on, Dave. <laughs> it's got to be in the I ring. Can't, That's where I'm the not, fans are, Dave. That's also where the video cameras yeah. are. <laughs> and I can't sell it like Dusty Rhodes can. No, but. and I also wish, like, like later that it's just one of them, like, bloody and the other one telling you about it. Like, yeah, anyway, so I jumped him in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. so I, I beat him <laughs> real good. <laughs> like, just the worst that could ever They used to do that. They used to do that in, like, WWE, the 90s, during yeah. the Attitude Era. They but would just be like, they would disappear. and now a brawl in progress. Yeah, and then, like... <laughs> suddenly the cameras would be there like yeah like they just stumbled across this yeah. bro that's what i mean like i wanted to have happened no cameras catch it, it has <laughs> you want happened. you want and now they just come out talking about it you want all wrestling to just be stories yep. about wrestling i want pro wrestlers to be nothing more than like good orators i just i just <laughs> <laughs> like like the best wrestler in the world it turns out is actually morgan freeman <laughs> And it's because you just want to hear every match. I he's just want to. I just want to see talking heads about wrestling. <laughs> That'd be great, <laughs> like a punditry podcast yeah. about wrestling. Legion of Doom comes out. Animal hops in the ring. They start pounding on each other. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes does this amazing clothesline suplex thing. Oh no! You never seen a man that size fly like that. It's impossible. <laughs> Have I? No. No. No one you, has. No, you haven't. <laughs> no one has. No. Up to this point, right? In the work, Dave, which is like basically like uh, a term for a match, because mm -hmm. it's all carny talk. Got gotcha. <laughs> you well, sound like a real carny. Smelly Mark. cabbage people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there so, goes our carny listenership. <laughs> so in the work, Hawk jumps into the ring as well. And he, at that point, he starts fighting Dusty Rhodes. Oh, no. Animal grabs <laughs> one of their shoulder pads, unscrews one of the spikes from it, and then hits Dusty Rhodes in the face with it, right? <laughs> Pretty interesting. The crowd wasn't really expecting that. Yeah, like, I uh, wasn't expecting that. What a twist. And then Animal takes Dusty Rhodes' head in his hands and then pretends to gouge Dusty Rhodes' eye out yeah, with the spike. That's how you know he means Right? <laughs> so Wow. This is happening. Basically, he cuts Dusty Rhodes with the spike. Blood is pouring down Dusty Rhodes' face. And then he starts just screaming at the tops <laughs> of his lungs. It sells it so well that people in the audience think it's actually real. And people in the audience begin screaming in terror because they're like watching Animal like gouge out Dusty Rhodes' Literally eye. Literally murder a man in the <laughs> yeah, ring. This is supposed to be mild, like lightly scripted entertainment. Yeah. Yes, yes. It read as like real. And it's funny because I watched the clips of it like four times today. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I could really give you the full play by play. Yeah, too. Thank goodness. In the rebroadcast, they like actually blur it out. Like, oh, really? Wow. It's like all pixelated and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so people like lose their minds. Eventually, other wrestlers from the ring like hop into the ring. They chase the Legion of Doom off, and then they send Dusty Rhodes to the hospital. Right? Oh yeah. The show goes off. People are like shook. You know, <laughs> lots of people at home think they just saw Dusty Rhodes get his eye gouged out yeah. by an overzealous wrestler. Dusty Rhodes says this was a total success. Yeah, like, I did it. <laughs> like, I did it. I just beat WWF. <laughs> this was a total thick theft, Daddy. <laughs> people have been working for twenty years in this place. <laughs> Listen here, TBS. I just bumped your ratings. <laughs> Only cost me my eye. <laughs> Guys, what do you what do you think happened to Dusty Rhodes? No, literally nothing. Literally nothing? You I think, think this it's was all... Has a <laughs> well, that was before, too. Do you think <laughs> the mean? eye gouge caused this list? No, I'm saying he had his list before, and it wasn't the eye gouge. Oh. Yep. As it turns out, TBS was not happy. They didn't like that? Why? Well, I, I guarantee the FCC wasn't happy with that type yeah. of behavior. Yeah. So standards and practices at TBS said... <laughs> you can't poke people's eyes out on television. Yeah. <laughs> so when they had bought WCW... Mm -hmm. From, I believe it was uh, Cornette Entertainment. Okay. They instituted no blood policy. Oh, no. Broke yeah. it day one. Not day one exactly, because <laughs> two enough. weeks two weeks later, Dusty Rhodes had kind of broken it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Break it every day. When he authorized somebody getting hit in the head with a large 80s cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> like the backpack phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And it cut the guy open so bad that like he just apparently bled everywhere. Oh, all right. Yeah. So CBS Head wounds, man. Head wounds. CBS had already like he was already on kind of thin ice then. And then to have enough people think that he was getting his eye literally gouged out because he sold it so well. They didn't like that. Oh, they hated it. And they fired him as the booking manager. Wow. Oh, no. yep. Dusty Rhodes. Yep, Dusty Rhodes lost his job. He worked <laughs> in that place for four years. <laughs> <laughs> and they kicked him in the butt and gave him a go watch out the door and said, Thank you for your service, Daddy. <laughs> I hope that that's actually how the firing manager that's how, told him. That's how it goes. <laughs> yep. Dusty Rhodes, broken, dejected. Only lasts like another two months in WCW before leaving for smoother waters at WWF. Yeah. So basically he joins <laughs> WWF and is at that point wrestling with the likes of the Macho Man Randy Savage yeah. and the oh, Million oh, Dollar yeah. <laughs> There it is. And the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Oh, love Million, million Dollar Dream. That was his uh, yeah, finisher. Yeah, his whole deal. Just a sleeper hold. Yep. <laughs> So uh, he actually ended his career, wrestling career, at WWF. He would later go on to be rebooked over at WCW as the booking manager. Oh, they so gave him a second chance? He gave him a second chance because nice. they were getting just They're killed. They're like, oh, your eye was yeah. actually there. They were just getting killed in the ratings wars. Well, um, yeah, WWF is huge. They had a Hulkster and Andre the Giant and yep. all them. To finally cap it all off, the bit didn't even work. <laughs> people still didn't like the Legion of Doom. People loved the Legion of oh, Doom. Oh no! Like, so they didn't care. Yeah. So they had him. They had Animal Pretend gouge out Dusty Rhodes' eye, and yeah. fans loved it. Like they thought like, it was the greatest good, thing of all time. More of that, please. And they kept amping up the violence in the Legion of Doom <laughs> matches, and like it just people were so into it. Like they wouldn't stop cheering for the Legion. This is of more Doom. violent. Kill somebody. <laughs> right. I, Their ultimate heel turn eventually made them like the perfect baby face. Oh, and they uh, could they, do no wrong. They could do no wrong. And their last wrestling match in the WCW was in May of 1990 and before they also left for WWF. WWF, And that is the story of how Animal pretended to gouge out Dusty Rhodes' eye. (laughs) What a crazy story. What year was that? This was 1988. 1988? 1988. Oh, man. That was a golden time in wrestling. I think it was November 26, 1988 was the year that was the day that broadcast. Golden time. It was the million dollar time. (laughs) I think actually, uh, based on inflation, he would now be called the two and a half million dollar man. <laughs> if he kept wrestling till You know, today. the problem about the million dollar man is it just doesn't go as far as it used to. <laughs> he had his own belt, the million dollar belt, mm-hmm. everything. Who was his valet? Uh Virgil. The five dollar gent. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Virgil. And he wore um like a tuxedo top, but yeah. with no sleeves. Yeah, it was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Best job in wrestling is to be the valet, I think. Oh man, you just he used to carry his belt and he had a briefcase full of money. I don't mm-hmm. know, like obviously it probably wasn't real money, but he used to carry that out and it got thrown around a I lot. The, uh, it was the 80s. It might have been real money. Could have been real money. Who was the guy who was the Undertaker's valet? May- Paul something? Paul, yeah. You don't remember Paul this? Giamatti? Nope. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally it was, different it was Paul. Theory. Keep going. You're almost there. Paul. That's not Schaefer. <laughs> Paul Schaefer. That's <laughs> David Letterman. It's he wheels not... in a piano. Every joke the Undertaker tells. Ah, good one, Undertaker. Uh, <laughs> Paul something. It's, I, I keep thinking Paul Blart, but that's not right. It's no, some, he's a mall cop. He is a mall and cop. And fictional. It's something, just, it's, it's something kind of gross. Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. Yeah. Yeah. Kind Paul, of gross. That makes oh, sense. Paul, Paul Bearer. Bearer. You just yeah, got that now? It's just amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. As much look. wrestling as I watched as a kid, I it literally just like the, Paul. It's Paul the Bear. The look of shock on your a face. Joke. Is so... Thirty-four years <laughs> in the making. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's good. All right. Uh, anyway, in the right. story, I like that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to our main topic tonight. Our main topic is uh, a movie from the 1980s. It just happens to be my favorite movie of all time. I've seen it several, several times, and it's just fantastic. If that- you had to put a numerical amount. And the amount of times you've seen this movie. Oh, I'm I'm probably at close to 20. I'm more than that. I'm not triple digits, but I bet it's around 50 or so. Okay. Like easily. Because I used to watch it all the time. Like what I do with The Office now, I used to just put it on in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. All right. That movie, The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Princess Bride was released October 9th, 1987. Just over an hour and a half long. Rated PG from 20th. Just like this podcast. Just like this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Released by 20th Century Fox. They had a production budget of $16 million. Oh, wow. That's pretty cheap. So they had a production budget of like $40 million. (laughs) Yeah. 
it, I'm all about adjusting domestic, for inflation. <laughs> domestic and worldwide, because it wasn't released anywhere but the U.S. Oh, that's right. It made uh, $30 million just over. So with inflation, that's just over $60 million. That's a pretty good haul for it's like not, a standalone it's, IP. It's not, though. Like, it was a mediocre release. Yeah. I, I mean, it doubled its cost. Yeah, but like in those days, you're think Top Gun, Back to the Future, oh, like these oh, mega yeah. movies. That's a good point. And this movie was released, and it's just fans liked it, and everybody liked it. But it's like one of those movies that was good. But it just caught fire as it got older. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> this funny story, Carrie Elways, who was who was the main star and it played Wesley or the Dread Pirate Roberts or however you want to remember him. But they were asking him when he first realized that The Princess Bride was going to be a big hit. And he said it was 10 years after the movie released. <laughs> and he was in like a restaurant in New York. The waitress asked how he wanted his burger. And he said, medium rare. And, and did she say? She said, as, as you, you wish. He, she just said, as you wish. It would be weird to say it like that. <laughs> she said, and then she, she rolled down a hill. She said, as you <laughs> She said as you wish. And he said, pardon me. And then he said, she winked and walked away. <laughs> and he was just like, that. That's when he first realized that the movie might be kind of big. Oh, that's so great. Ten ten years later. That is such a wholesome story, too. So if you're unfamiliar with the movie. Please go watch it. The Princess Bride. Yeah, you should definitely go watch it. Here's a short synopsis, which will tell you nothing. Uh, (laughs) While homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. Yeah, that does not do this movie justice. Doesn't do it justice at all, but that is the synopsis that they released with the movie. (laughs) They leave out a lot of good details there. If I saw that, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not interested in the movie you just described, and I love this movie. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so the movie opens a little strangely, like not how you you think like a normal movie would open so it opens with fred savage at the time mr wonder years himself mm-hmm. in bed sick Huge. and he's he's playing he's uh, playing a baseball he's on the playing, nes yeah like rbi baseball or something yeah. on the nes and his mother's trying to like give him soup or whatever mm-hmm. and his grandfather comes over his grandfather's paid by peter falk very famous actor mm-hmm. and he says uh, i'm gonna read you this book and he pulls out the book the princess bride and so he starts reading this, and that switches over to the actual movie of The Princess Bride. So Princess Bride is, like, such an iconic mix of different genres. So yeah. it, it's, it does such a perfect job of, like, comedy and drama and action and romance, mm-hmm. but never too much of anything. Mm-hmm. So it just went together. And the big running joke throughout the beginning of the movie is anytime someone kisses, you hear Fred Savage in the background like, Ugh. is this, yeah, gross, is this a kissing book? And it's just like, <laughs> and it's one of those things. Then by the end, they're, like, kissing, and and he's like, oh, the grandfather says, oh, like, oh, sorry, I'll skip that. And he's like, no, nah, it's okay. So it's he, gets, right. he gets used it's, to it's it. Because right. you had to get an on-screen kiss. It's yeah. really, yeah, you really what get was going them kisses, on there. man. So uh, <laughs> this, this movie was, was really interesting because it was a really hard time getting made. A lot of people, different people tried to get it made. Mm-hmm. So the book itself was published in 1973 by William Goldman. And it came about, he asked his two daughters what his next book should be about. And one set of princess and the other set of bride. So that mm, is how he cool. got the beginning of his story. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So he went and he released this and then it, it got very popular and he wrote a screenplay. And then for the next 14 years, it became known as the best unproduced screenplay. Because <laughs> all these people were trying to make this movie and they just couldn't seem to get it made. One of the biggest names that tried to get made was Robert Redford. Oh, and wow. He wanted to make this movie his directorial debut. And he wanted to direct it, but he also wanted to play Wesley. And I, that's hard to picture. It's hard to picture now because all I can picture is Carrie Elwes yeah. as him. And it's just like such a weird thing to me that like anyone else have, playing him. Yeah, I'm sure good. maybe Robert Redford's a good actor. Maybe he would have done good. But like, I don't know. I can't think of anyone else. It didn't get made by him. It just things fell through like nothing worked. And a bunch of other directors kept picking it up, trying to make it. No one could could get it done. Ooh, it was so, the cursed film. I was. I just couldn't make it happen. <laughs> the curse of the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> Dread Pirate He's coming Roberts. for your soul. <laughs> Uh, So uh, after 14 years of this, uh, William Goldman buys back the script. Oh, wow. Forget it. It's not going to get made. Forget about it. Mm -hmm. During the 80s, a filmmaker named Rob Reiner had been uh, making all kinds of films. (laughs) Oh, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Not important Hollywood guy at all, Rob Reiner. In the 80s, 80s, that's when he made his start directing. Mm -hmm. So he made a couple films, uh, namely This is Spinal Tap and Stand By Me. Oh, Uh man. Both fantastic, like iconic movies. Yeah, both of them, like, Mm -hmm. so good. 
So um, <laughs> this one goes to eleven. So <laughs> so twentieth Century Fox is so pleased with all the movies that, that Rob Reiner's making. They say, "Listen, green light to make whatever you want." Whoa! They like, gave him a meal ticket. They said you like, can make whatever movie you want. That's and some James Cameron stuff, right? I there. know, yeah. like that never happens nowadays. Like that's not a thing that yeah. goes on. But then it was just like, hey, like we're so happy with your success. Like you are King Midas. Like everything you touch is <laughs> has turned to gold. Uh-huh. So he was given a book by his dad, who was also also a famous director. He was given The Princess Bride when it first came out, and he loved it. So he said, "That's the movie I want to make. Mm. That's the and, one." Yeah, and 20th Century Fox is like, oh really? Like because <laughs> because we've not yeah, had good success. With that's what you want to make. Mm-hmm. But he got it through, and they said, okay, you can make. It. here's 16 million dollars <laughs> so he goes oh question yeah so according to like the average movie budget during that time mm-hmm. is that very little or it's or not very it's okay. not very much yeah it was very modest amount okay so rob reiner had something going for him is that he had been involved in hollywood because of his dad and now that he's a famous on his own right yeah he knows a lot of people yeah so he got a lot of people that he couldn't really afford so mm. he got like i was gonna say that cast is a murderer's row he man. got yeah. so good but a lot of them that was their first movie so like uh robin wright who played the princess bride mm-hmm. uh, buttercup that was her first movie she was in a soap opera before and they got her carrie always had been a couple things mm-hmm. um but all these people like billy crystal especially oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. like you can't afford to get billy crystal if your budget's 16 million dollars for your whole movie yeah, and just for a throwaway mad max scene like it's so not mad max, Mir- miracle, miracle max, max. <laughs> Matt, that's a whole nother movie <laughs> stay tuned so no he, no, no i want to see billy crystal as, as mad, mad max, max. <laughs> I so, wish I had a good Billy Crystal. I'd be like, we don't need another know, hero. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's kind of, I'm treading into like Seinfeld territory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the deal with all these miracles anyway? <laughs> but so they so they got guys like uh, Christopher Guest and Mandy Patinkin all to play these characters because you know them. And then they had a couple guys. They filmed this in England and they got local comics there to play some characters. So, oh, I never that. Yeah, the albino was played by Mel Smith, who was like a local Dude, comic. That is such an iconic it's, role, and it's so funny. Mm. Like when he was just like, "You'll never survive," and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "It's just, it's so funny." So, oh man, he, I would have thought that he was like some big '80s guy. Yeah, and... I mean, he was popular. He was a popular comedian, but he wasn't like he just happened to be nearby. And they're like, <laughs> "Like, hey, want to be in this movie?" I gotta start being nearby. I think I'm never nearby stuff. <laughs> is we don't live in a place where you can just be nearby. Yeah, I'm never <laughs> nearby enough things. We'd Maybe... have to move to like LA. Just I don't know, be nearby. Is that the secret to success? Is just to be nearby. Just be there, yeah, man. Just, just be available. Be <laughs> so. So, so when they were casting this, there was a lot of people they wanted to get. And a lot of people actually tried out and ended up not getting parts. For the Buttercup role, there was some really major actresses that tried out. Courtney Cox, Meg oh, Ryan, man. and oh, wow. Meg Uma Ryan. Thurman all tried out for the Ooh. part. Also, here's a here's a crazy one. Try to guess someone that doesn't fit the part at all. The least person you could think that would fit this part. Huh. For Buttercup? For Buttercup. I mean, Uma Thurman, like, that's wild. But yeah. Give me Barbara Streisand. <laughs> You're still that's on good, crimped good, hair. But no, that's not it. <laughs> she did have the crimped hair. She did though. have the crimped hair. She showed up hair. with the crimped hair. She knew the And 80s. the half pipe, high and mighty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blanking on her name entirely. The good. girl who stars an alien. Sigourney, oh, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. No, also good guess, but no. Such the, a strong, like, the craziest. Buttercup. The craziest audition for Buttercup, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, <laughs> dude, that was uh, so weird. That might have been good. <laughs> so I love Whoopi Goldberg. 80s Whoopi Goldberg is hilarious and you got to think like at this time she had been like married to Ted Danson like yeah. she was like wildly popular in this mm-hmm. time so they tried out and she, there it just never happened and they ended up with Robin Wright who was ended up being great in oh the yeah part. she was perfect for it but Absolutely. like now I'm trying to imagine what Whoopi Goldberg is I know it's so, so cool. funny when like, I was yeah. reading it I was just like <laughs> what like what? I want to see just her like audition right like somewhere there's a tape of, of her <laughs> auditioning for reading the princess bride yeah, oh my yeah, gosh for butter Cut. I'm trying to think of like sister act Whoopi Goldberg. Oh man, I was playing. First off, sis, sister act's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there were some other characters they tried to get, and they they just got turned down. So for the role of Vizzini, they wanted Danny DeVito, and he straight no. turned it down. Yeah, he said no thanks. And Danny DeVito would have been great. Uh, Wallace Shawn. Yeah, I think playing. Wallace Shawn is would have is better than Danny DeVito would have. It's been. so hard to tell. Yeah, I, that's the yeah, thing is like the movie is so iconic. That, yeah, like, you're yeah. so used to any those of those roles. parts. Like you couldn't imagine them being anybody else's. Right. Like, 
And then they were toying for the Fezzik role. They were toying with a lot of different guys. Was it all like giant humans or were they going to use interesting like so, magic? So they wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they didn't even offer him because it was like we have $60 million. Yeah. So like, we yeah. can't get they him. They said Arnold's going to get paid. But another person they were interested <laughs> in was Liam Neeson for the role. Oh, really? Which is, I kind of hate that. Yeah, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> they settled on Andre the Giant, which Rob Reiner wanted from the beginning. And Andre the Giant initially was wasn't going to do it because he had a huge contract to wrestle in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, if you want to be in this movie, like this is your only chance. Yeah. So he ended up coming over and being in the movie and he was having a really hard time. If you've never heard Andre the Giant talk, like you need to check it out. He's born in France mm-hmm. and he just is a, a giant of a human being. Mm-hmm. And another guy that that died way before his time. It's funny talking about all the wrestling because Andre the Giant had all these stories about he's so huge that the other wrestlers never like took it easy on him. Mm-hmm. So they would just like hit him as hard as they could with chairs every night of the right. year. Yeah. And like because he's huge, right? He can take it. During the filming of this movie, he was hurt. And so a lot of the parts like with uh, Wesley jumping on his back was like really painful for him. And so mm-hmm. they actually, this was in the book. If you want to read or listen to a great book, Carrie Elway's couple years ago wrote a book called as you wish the inconceivable tales from the making of the princess bride it's such Mm -hmm. a good book it's amazing so it's all these insights about the movie but he said to get andre the giant to the set they bought him an atv and so he was like riding this atv to Mm -hmm. the set because it was too far for him to walk or like everybody else would get in these regular sized cars and andre the giant's (laughs) a giant human being yeah and so he would like get bike to the set or uh, ride his atv to the set i read i read like andre the giant's life is like super sad it's It's super sad he's in such debilitating pain just because of his size yeah Yeah. and everybody said he was like the nicest kindest human being ever and one of the famous stories from the set is just the amount that andre the giant could drink alcohol it was like an overwhelming amount and so they used to go out to these local bars in england and one night he got he drank so much and he got drunk he passed out in the doorway (laughs) and nobody could move him so the bar closed but they just left the door open because they couldn't get Andre (laughs) the Giant out of the door physically move Andre the Giant they just couldn't move him so he was like stuck in the door and I guess he woke up the next day but then another big story from this is Andre the Giant made Carrie Elways ride his ATV at one point, and Carrie Elways wrecked it and broke his toe. And so he filmed most of this movie with a broken toe, which was like this hilarious thing because he had to do <laughs> an overwhelming amount of sword fighting. Yeah, yeah th- this movie's very swashbuckling. So swashbuckling, like Drag Pirate Roberts. Yeah. So it's just a lot of that going on throughout this movie. And it, again, one of these movies that's just iconic, and it just got bigger. And they interviewed all these guys, and they said if this movie got made today, it would have instantly been big because of the internet. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, I wish I could have just hashtagged this movie in like 1989 and yeah. then like everybody <laughs> would have known about it. It's a lot of talking about that. Just some of the things they were talking about, the cast wasn't aware of how big the movie got mm-hmm. like later on. And there's a pretty famous story about Rob Reiner being in New York City and eating at a restaurant and John Gotti comes in, the <laughs> famous mobster. <laughs> And as he sees Reiner, he walks up to him and he says, you killed my father, prepare to die. <laughs> and, and of course, it's like this, like, oh, crap. Like, is this like a this, joke? Like, this, this dude mm-hmm. might kill yeah, me. Yeah, this yeah. guy's a mobster. And then he like, I, and then he broke into laughter and said, I love the princess ride. And it was like this funny thing. But like, can you imagine like oh, no. John Gotti rolling up and like, you it'd be terrifying. You know, you've nailed it when kids nationwide and a famous mobster, mobster yeah. all love your mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It was just such a funny thing. And so uh, throughout filming, it was like a challenge filming because they didn't have a ton of money. So they were trying to uh, do the best they can. And they were talking about the very first scene that they filmed William Goldman was on set but he had missed the safety briefing mm-hmm. so the very first scene they filmed was in the fire swamp oh wasn't it the lightning sand no it was it was when she caught on fire so oh, so uh, the fire spout comes out she catches on fire William Goldman sees this and just yells she's on fire <laughs> <laughs> and so and so Rob Reiner goes calls cut and he goes we know William yeah, like, yeah. like part of the movie and he was he said he was so embarrassed <laughs> like he was just he never missed another meeting he just went to everything he was just so upset about the whole thing (laughs) to show you how far like the reach of this goes in uh, 2012 an espn anchor trey wingo on an nfl kickoff tried to sneak in as many quotes from the princess bride as he could (laughs) throughout the show and i wrote i wrote down some of the best ones 
So uh, he said, Cowboys and Eagles fans both know at this point life is pain. <laughs> and then he said, oh, man, I, can, I can speak is, to that. Yeah. And he said, uh, driving Bill Belichick to the cliffs of insanity. <laughs> and that, this was one of my favorite ones. He said, uh, the Seahawks have COUS's corners of unusual size. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, he said, oh. he said, AJ Green needs to step up. It's not his fault. He's the biggest and strongest. He doesn't even exercise. <laughs> Uh, everyone seems to think they won't survive that's just because no one ever has uh, he said a lot of teams think their playoff chances are dead but that's only <laughs> but that's not the truth they're only mostly dead <laughs> but mostly dead uh, yeah, he's a little alive and then he said to his two co-hosts at the end he said you guys seem like decent fellows I hate to kill you <laughs> and then one of the guys responded we'd hate to die <laughs> So it's just like such a, a oh. strong reach. I was cracking up watching this. And if you if you look this up, it's like the first thing that pops up, just like Trey Wingo, Princess Bride. And we could link all of this in the description yeah, for sure. of the podcast. And it, it's over like it's like a minute 30 long of him just doing these Princess Bride quotes. It's amazing. <laughs> and as the host, like as the interview is, you got to catch on pretty quickly to it, what he's it's, doing. It's so he sneaks inconceivable in a bunch. And it's just it's so good. <laughs> Pan, uh, Tampa. What was that? Tampa defense. Tampa Inco- two. Yeah, Tampa oh, yeah. two defense is inconceivable inconceivable yeah through the whole thing but the cous is corners of unusual size very really funny. I was like, that's, that's the best that's a good I, one that is by far the one that like sticks out the most yeah, it's yeah. like okay you are clearly I, princess bride i, I do like the aj green i'm i was such a huge of huge fan of fezzik in the movie because he was like this gentle giant yeah like he he throws the rock and misses wesley on purpose well, and like i did yeah i didn't have to miss <laughs> i didn't have to miss you no <laughs> and he, it's like and he's just like it's not my fault i'm the biggest and strongest i don't even exercise <laughs> it's just it's so funny it's well like, he's used to fighting four or five people yeah yeah i'm not used to fighting just one person <laughs> you so use good. you use different moves when you fight a group <laughs> well and that's what kills me about this movie like every single time i watch Watch it. I start to realize that it's not just some lines that are quotable. No, it's, it's like everything. It's 90% yeah. of the movie that's quotable. I've never seen this, but if I, I did, I, I would go. Some places, of course not during the pandemic, but some places have started having a quote-alongs just like... They do it live, like Rocky Horror Rocky Picture Horror, Show. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go there and you just quote along with the movie, which would be fantastic. That'd be a yeah. lot of fun. I mean, seeing all those quotes, it, it would be great. Who are you dressing up as? Oh, Buttercup. man. <laughs> well, yeah, we've Listen, established that Dave would be Buttercup. Buttercup. Listen to the end of the episode and you will hear why. Why I said Buttercup. <laughs> oh man, you could go really lazy and just be the six fingered man. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, just add a finger. Add a finger to your just glove. A fake finger. Yeah. But it would yeah. be like red Play Doh. <laughs> not even, even mild. Not, e- not even good. Like you don't have. We should just go as three Buttercups. <laughs> uh, you could, if you want to be really fancy, you could do uh, the priest that does the wedding. Oh, mm-hmm. marriage. <laughs> I am ordained. Yes, yeah, so I oh, could be. I'm go. doing the, my third wedding actually coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, that could be you. You could be there. Do that. Do I did your wedding. <laughs> yeah, but do I don't I don't recall that. <laughs> it's a fever dream. Uh, the, My name's on your marriage license. You can't ignore me. <laughs> the, the other thing, the other thing they were saying is uh, Billy Crystal, who's is so amazing. That whole thing, anything with Miracle Max in it was just so funny. Oh. Uh, so Miracle, uh, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane played Valerie Max's wife. During those scenes, he just improvised everything. So they said the majority of the stuff had to be cut because he kept slipping not into PG. <laughs> just getting like really he like out really there billy crystalling it. and he yeah. said they said that someone was like trying to stifle a laugh so hard they bruised a rib like during the <laughs> filming and and they said it's just stuff you'll never see because it, it all got cut oh and man I, I wish that was somewhere oh, can like, you imagine I mean, it's got to be right well i don't know because now like now everything is digital so yeah now when they're cutting stuff before deal. they're literally mm-hmm. cutting literally stuff. cutting and oftentimes throwing into a trash can and yeah you know, it's which it's, is so sad it's just one of those movies that has stuck with me for so long and it's just so iconic mm-hmm. and it's so easy to introduce m- new people to because it's just a, an amazing movie well yeah. and one of the fascinating things about it is that it holds up yeah so like as part of doing this podcast we're going to start watching a lot of 80s movies and i'm curious to see how well they hold up this one does yeah. this one is still as good now as it was the first time i saw it as a kid yeah it's fantastic and it's funny because a couple years ago there was like rumors of a remake right and the internet like just said no yeah they went insane and it wasn't just one it wasn't just regular people it was like celebrities like yeah, saying like, like no don't, don't do this yeah so princess bride is considered one of the three perfect films 
films. Yeah. And that is saying a whole lot. Like that there's three perfect films and that is one of them. I hold multiple copies of this DVD. <laughs> and it's like it's like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I can't find this. Maybe I lost it. I'll buy another one. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, there it is. Now I have multiple copies of it. It's like I love to watch it. Seriously, if you love The Princess Bride, you have to check out the Carrie Always book because I can give you a little bit of description. But that whole book is so good. It's so filled with so much information. Uh, again, you you can get it anywhere. As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales, The Making of The Princess Bride. And Carrie Always played uh, the main character, Wesley and Dread Pirate Robert. So might as, cool. well, might as well hear it from his mouth. Yeah. From his fingertips, From I his guess. fingertips. Uh, he reads the book, <laughs> though, the audio book. Oh, man. See, yeah, so I actually it. read the book, but now I want to listen yeah, to the audio book. Yeah, he reads it. It's really good. Uh, so that is The Princess Bride. If you haven't seen it, it's on Disney+. Plus. If you happen to have Disney+, Plus, it's out there. And uh, you can get the DVD for like five bucks. So like, <laughs> it's, it's available for sure. Yeah. But that's The Princess Bride. Very cool, man. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in there I didn't know. It's shocking. Like anytime I hear about movies being made, like I don't think too much about it because I don't understand the process totally. But then I just what, watch the movie. I just watch the movie. Then I, when I see the backstory of stuff, mm-hmm. I'm just like blown away of like how complicated it is and how much goes wrong most of the time. And they just like... <laughs> Make a movie that I like. Yeah, it seems to me like anytime I hear about the way a movie's made, it's like everything's on fire and everyone's happy. Yeah. And then it, the movie's made and they're like, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> this, this came out all right. I hate everyone in the room, but uh, this came out okay. That's how I feel editing this podcast sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. I, I just hear finished product. Finished like, product. Oh, we're so good. Oh, yes. Dave, oh Dave edited it. Cool. <laughs> I guess I'll publish it. So that is episode number one of Random Draw oh, 80s podcast. How did that feel? In the books. Good about that? Yeah, I yeah. liked it. It yeah. was good. I liked it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guaranteed so, download of three. Yeah. <laughs> so if you uh, would like us, if there's something from the 80s you'd like us to cover, just send us an email at randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and we'll cover it. Like We're always to open ideas. Right now, we're having to use our own brains, but if we can use someone yeah, else's brains. terrible. If we can so outsource the heavy mental labor. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. If I could get somebody to do all the research. Earlier, also, earlier, Dan asked me to think of an idea about something, and I said I would brainstorm, and then an hour later, I realized I brain gentle breezed. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked for I asked for opinions, and I got zero from either of you. I was, um... you know, excuses. I got zero. <laughs> I got nothing. So there we go. Very Episode enjoyable. one yeah. in the books. Totally rad. I wish, oh, totally rad. I was gonna say uh, Cowabunga. That's kind of nineties. Yeah, though. that's totally radical works. Yeah, but uh, gleaming the cube. <laughs> And now for something completely different. The difference between Mario and Mario is Mario is like... Mario sounds so weird. Like, that's not how it's spelled. <laughs> the Super Mario Bros. Yeah, it's, it's the Mario Brothers. Luigi. Yeah, you know, Luigi Mar- the Mario, Mario Brothers from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> the judge gave him the chair. <laughs> I've never saying, said Mario in my life. I've never said it before either until this very moment. It's like panties. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop saying Mario and panties. Oh, that's the only thing I want to say now. Yeah. I don't want to really say either of You should get Jackie (laughs) Mario Mario panties. panties. It's funny because I had this whole idea to do the Arizona iced tea for my topic. One dollar, though. Price can, though. though. (laughs) Anyway, it sent me down this whole wormhole where I found out that they have licensed clothing with Arizona Arizona iced tea. Really? Yeah, like the uh, green tea with the like super sky blue and uh, the pink cherry blossoms. Yeah. That one. So that that shows up everywhere, man. There's like dresses with it on there. Really? I yeah. thought that would actually make like a nice looking sundress. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean really, I what? saw I found a pair of leggings I was <laughs> just going to buy her. No, I need to know why Dan's laughing that I said that though. Cuz I don't know why you would refer to anything as a sundress. <laughs> but it makes like the nice thin like flowy, you're yeah. not going to get too hot in the summer wearing a dress. I'm pro sundress. You are? Yeah, I call them sundresses. What do you call sundresses? Je- dresses <laughs> that Jackie wears. <laughs> Oh yeah, Candy I, has I a couple. call them sundresses. I call them sundresses. Amber has a lot of dress things. I just refer to them all as dresses, no okay. matter what the shape or size. I guess the thing is, <laughs> or is length like, or height. I guess if you can comfortably wear it in the summer, <laughs> it's just a sundress. It's a sundress because like it's like sun- it's like a lighter fabric, right? I don't. But uh, sun tea. Let's, let's do fashion talk from fashion the board talk. game boys. Well, so twice in my life for various parties slash Halloween, I've worn a dress and <laughs> it's very comfortable and breathable. But like, was it a sundress? No, neither of them, unfortunately, were sundresses. <laughs> One was a floor-length evening gown. Oh, yeah. You were Jessica Rabbit. 
Rabbit. I was Jessica Rabbit. Hey, nice 80s, solid slit. Katie's talk. Yeah, Hello. nice yep. solid slit up the thigh. Um, and the other was I Mrs. saw a lot of Dave's leg that day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing was, as I hung out during the night, the slit was not sealed well further up. <laughs> so, so the slit got uh, higher going. and higher mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the evening. You started to look like J Lo in the Versace dress. <laughs> It was like belly button by the end. Joke. Oh no! Like you remember that dress she wore to the Grammys way back in the day? I don't get your nope. thing, Mark. Okay, my <laughs> bad. People, the green dress from uh, that Versace designed for her. No, it was I just got all nothing. of J Lo. It's, it's weird for a couple reasons, really. Okay, <laughs> go on. One that you remember that, and two that you know the designer of that. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> spent a lot of time as young boy looking at that dress. <laughs> I could see that. That I understand. You know what? This all makes sense now. Yeah, I was gonna make a board game reference, but I guess that's a different show. Yeah, that's a different podcast. Oh, yeah, it's so weird. Like not doing a board game podcast. I got, you okay, Jim? Yeah, I got some of my like a little tickle, if you will. <laughs> I will. Cr- it's not coronavirus. <laughs> I like you have to preface that all the yeah. time now. No, it's not that. It's, it's not, not Corona. Yeah. So the second dress I wore was Mrs. Claus, but from the Island of Misfit Toys. So okay. it was the purple, like slightly longer sleeves dress. I don't think I know what that looks like. No, I look up the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> you Let know me tell J-Lo's you. Bro- <laughs> I know J-Lo's, J-Lo's, J-Lo's Versace, Versace dress. dress, but you don't know. Don't know Miss Claus. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a little shorter, a little flowier, mm-hmm. but uh, very comfortable. Could Not a wear? sundress. Not a sundress. I though. actually wore that at work all day, and I had uh, knee-high white socks and steel-toed shoes Obviously. on with it. Nice. So it didn't exactly. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize Mrs. Claus was a riot girl. <laughs> yeah. It was more Mrs. Claus as a punk. <laughs> Just a real punk rocker. It was during those days. You know, we've all had those days. She was I've never, college. I've never dressed in drag before. Really? I know no. that's a spicy take. It's one very, Halloween. I mean, it's very comfortable. Many years ago, I dressed as Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time for me. Yeah, it uh, was a long time ago, though. I, I don't know if I have any pictures of that. I would pay for them. You would? I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. If I'm you sure set up an find... OnlyFans and that was your only <laughs> post, <laughs> that's the only one, the only yeah, picture I'm willing to give away. I'm willing to give you six dollars a month to have that. To <laughs> That. Just have access to it at any time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Question. What is the weirdest thing you guys eat for snacks? The weirdest? Yeah. I'm a trail mix boy. That's I always not weird. No, I don't think it's weird either, but I get made fun of for it because I always have trail mix on my coffee table. Well, it's weird that you, if you carry it around with you, that, that's the one the day that we weird. had ice cream Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason it's weird. Dave. And Dave was like, I was like, toppings, everyone? And Dan's like, you know, yeah. hot fudge. Regular. And I was like, cool, I'll get like cherries. And then Dave's like, trail mix. And I was like, what are you talking about? A nutty nutty mix with chocolate chips. That's not a topping for ice cream. It's such a good topping for ice cream. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. Why why do you ask? What do you think? Well, I get made fun of sometimes Mm -hmm. because. For a lot of reasons, but also. I mean, the the one that I find the most egregious. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just say that I've been known to put like four or five croutons in my hand. And just snack. And just snack on them. Yeah. Dried bread. Yeah. That's weird. It's toast. It's toast with butter. I don't have any. No, I don't have any problem with that i have absolutely just eaten a handful of croutons yeah that's yeah. weird i don't no. have croutons in my house in the oh, first place you, but... you would think that it was an abomination well no. I, I wouldn't go that far. croutons yeah. are delicious that's what i thought too they're just bread just it's garlic and butter some... toast yeah just make yourself some toast i like english muffins a fair amount Ooh, oh I yeah don't. that's good but too. i only will buy them <laughs> sometimes the stores just have these wacky deals where it's like buy two get three free <laughs> <laughs> well i don't need five packs of english muffins just, but we need to get rid of them yeah and <laughs> we then have so many english muffins <laughs> yeah it's crazy i was like how do you guys get so overwhelmed with English muffins that you'd have to give this great deal away? I just Who's picture, your, I just picture so like uh, them coming in on a truck, and it's just like, oh my god, it's more English muffins! Oh, they quadrupled our order of English muffins. See, what I, are we gonna do? I was thinking the dead opposite. It's like some baker who's just in the back getting a little too high, and then he just never leaves all night after making English muffins. <laughs> Everyone comes in in the morning, and there's just like this pile of English. I, yeah. Not even in bags, just like in the back, this pile of English. Yeah, muffins. I love the thought. I love Dave's brain that just thinks one guy's making all the English muffins <laughs> for the whole world. I buy whatever He's the... He's not like a Forrest Gump baker. <laughs> He's not like, one day, for no particular reason yeah. at all, I started making I started baking English muffins. <laughs> and then I'll never stop. <laughs> like, why? Like, three years from now, he's going to be like, and then one day, for no reason in particular, <laughs> I stopped. I stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on in yeah. Dave's head. <laughs> yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> I get that. So I watched a show on Netflix. Okay. Dish um, Queen. It's a, I don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> so it's 
some barbecue show. Or no, it was Chef's Table. But it was about this place, this barbecue joint in Texas called Snow's Barbecue. I've been and, there. And is that a lie? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the pit master there is like this 85-year-old woman. Oh, really? She's been doing it forever. But in 2008 or something, they were named number one barbecue in Texas. It's this tiny place and people show up. They only do it on Saturdays. People show up at like the crack of dawn to start lining up wow. for barbecue. Good mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And and like during the, she's so awesome. Like during the week, she's a custodian at a school and she's like, I'm just a peon, but I try to do what I can for school. And I was like, who are you, ma'am? I love you. <laughs> but she was like shoveling burning hot coals. <laughs> she's like 85, just pouring sweat. And uh-huh. like some days I don't want to go down the stairs. <laughs> like, she's just like. Because it seems like too much work. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, what if my knee explodes? I can't be doing that. So, but she's just out there. But it's cool because the the guy that owns the place is out. There's just like free beer in these barrels. <laughs> and he was like, get yourself some beer. Keep in mind, it's like eight o'clock in the morning on mm-hmm. Saturday. And he's like, the men's bathroom's over there against that fence. The women's bathroom's inside. <laughs> and then he, he does like raffles. Uh-huh. And then if he calls your number, you get to pick like a trip to the front of the line or 10% off or a hat or a shirt or whatever. Oh, that's I was like, I want to go to this place so bad. But I, we're at in Texas, is it? I don't know. Okay. Texas how- is pretty small. How many? <laughs> we're gonna- <laughs> if there's one thing I know in Texas, is it doesn't take eight hours yeah. to travel across <laughs> or anything. anywhere. Having yeah. driven across Texas, yeah, small state. Yeah. Like yeah, comparative yeah. to Delaware, like yeah, Texas. Oh is, God. I mean, yeah. Texas, the biggest yeah. thing about Texas is you blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. small star state there. Yeah. 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 My favorite thing about driving in Texas actually is when the <clears throat> speed limit is 85 mm-hmm. and the road is straight and flat as far as you can see, like until the earth curves. You just well. see flat road in all I like directions. It. What an assumption you made about the Earth curve. You know what? That's yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry that all science agrees <laughs> with the Earth curves. Doesn't pass the eyeball test. Dave. <laughs> if uh, the Earth was curved, I could put a pencil on this table and it would roll off. That's that true, Dave. He's got a point. Definitely not. That's not how that works, Dan. They built the table beveled to make sure that that doesn't happen. Stays in the middle. Yeah. Oh, it's called engineering, is, Daniel. That is some outside of the box thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to start the music. <laughs> That's a different show. Four bars. Four bars. <laughs> Four bars and we get sued. Yeah. Actually, I think that that would probably fall under a parody if you're singing it poorly. Yeah. I mean, Step I can't. one, they have to prove that it's the same song. Yeah. <laughs> prove prove that I wasn't purposely singing it poorly. That's, easy. That's an easy I thing can't. to do now with current copyright laws. I mean, look at the whole... Um, what are you doing with your arms? I'm gesticulating He's wildly. swimming. Excellent. But Robin Thicke, Marvin Gaye, copyright law suing are you saying it's easy to sue or it's hard to sue it's easy to sue now oh i thought it was just saying words i didn't understand any of it well yeah none of it was meant to be understood (laughs) (laughs) much much like copyright law much like copyright law understood yeah Uh, my favorite my favorite like urban (laughs) legend about copyright law is that this is a thing that every like young writer finds out about one way or the other is that if you have your manuscript right Mm -hmm. and you mail a copy of it to yourself oh yeah right have you heard about this i have Okay, like that somehow asserts some sort of copyright because you are me submitting it to yourself for publication. Yeah, and it, it's was it all nonsense? It's all nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like yeah, nonsense. it sounds like nonsense yeah. to me. My but. favorite thing ever too is like assuming that I had to do that with all of my works because a thought that like oh that's a really cheap way to get around copyright law, but also b my ideas were good enough to want to be stolen. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was dumb. So dumb. I was cleaning out the garage the other day, mm-hmm. and I found some forever stamps. So I was like, oh, Ooh, I should keep these. Use those. Yeah, yeah, you should keep them forever. It's forever. So mm-hmm. I threw them on the ground to keep them. <laughs> and then Amber goes in the garage, and she's like, oh, it looks really good in here. And she's like, what's that on the ground? I was like, oh, forever stamps. That's where I put them. So we keep them. <laughs> she's like, you just threw them on the ground? I was like, yeah, well, I threw the rest of the box away. <laughs> like, So I, that's like keeping them. Yeah. Send me a letter, Dan. Uh, I'm not going to. Okay, that's fair enough. I don't, well, I don't know your address. <laughs> I would give it, but it's being recorded right now, and I can't trust Dave to not release my address into the wild. <laughs> Only release his address. <laughs> the, the entire podcast, podcast is just going to copy-paste your address for an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't even tell you the last time I wrote a letter. Yeah, because I have the internet. Yeah. Yeah, there's more efficient ways to Satellites do in the sort. Because I can text you from the pooper. Yeah, from anywhere. That's true. I've seen but it happen. Especially. Why have you seen yeah, it Yeah, wait happen? a minute. I'm very I Which live on the third of- floor. <laughs> <laughs> he has drones flying around outside. <laughs> I bugged your house, Dave. Come on. I'll be back. Oh, yeah!